Can we just do this? Yeah. We, I think we should do some of this, Aaron, and I should talk about this a little bit. Okay. And we've also got Banjammer and Baba O'Reilly and some other stuff. Yes, Baba O'Reilly. Baba. I know, like Baba. Like uh, Fete. Like Babylon. Like a party in Louisiana. All right. Uh, what are, so is this going to oh, work? Check. That's how you say that. Hi, I'm Stephen Seifert. You're listening to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast. I'm here with Dan Landrum and Aaron O'Rourke. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. We're so excited today about so many things. Yes, indeed. What's going on in your world? Dan, you got a new toy. I have goosebumps, and I can't even play it right now because it's not... Now, my mom thinks it's a picture frame without a picture, so what... what, What is this thing you've I got? I love your mom. But you tell Nancy I miss her. Dude, we Get listened to your video, and we waited for you to play the thing, and you didn't. But you've got a video coming, right? Uh, yeah, I recorded it just before we, uh, just before Aaron walked in. I had just finished, so what I'll is, post that about the same time I post the Dulce What is this thing? Today. You wanted something you could use your hammers with. What, what, what's going on? Yeah, I'm afraid if I start talking about this, it's going to take too long. But Well, give us the short Use version. my hammers and use fingers. So I love playing things like frame drums, bow runs, those sorts of things, djembes, all kinds of things that you actually play ahead with your hands. Percussion. So you can, yeah, percussion that you can really feel the stuff. There's some problems with carrying all that to gigs. Yeah. Been experimenting for a long time with ways of doing it with electronic thingamabobs, like you tap on rubber pads and stuff like that, and almost works. Those sound really good, but they're heavy and they don't really respond like a skin does when you. So is this like you're something. playing hammer dulcimer, and you want to be able to reach over with your hammers and do something else at the same time? Not just hammers, but also fingers. I mean, because I like I like playing percussion with people, yeah. but carrying a lot of percussion's hard. So this eliminates that. So this is the thing that looks like a picture frame. She's right, with no picture in it. That has an actual head on it that has mics built into it. Uh, there have been drums with mics on them before, so that's there's nothing new about that. But this, rather than when you hit it, miking it and having a a big sound-producing cavity like a djembe or a cajon, it's just miking the surface, and it's something you're into, Steve, is what is circuit bending. Is that that thing you like to do? Well, that's one thing that I would like to do. Okay, so circuit bending is where you take one thing and you kind of make it come out as something else. So this circuit bends that basically to make it sound like a cajon or other things. So it's not playing samples like most gizmos where you press a button. And now, technically, circuit bending is when you open up a speak and spell from 1981 and you t- you take your fingers and you touch things and you take a metal ball and roll it around in alligator clips and you try to basically pervert the original design by redirecting the flow of electricity. So that's what they did with the picture frame. Really? <laughs> that's why your mom's right. That's what this is. It's circuit bending a picture frame with kind of a with a skin on it. And yeah, it's just, it's really cool. Now Aaron <laughs> I would love if you did this full time. What do you mean? Well, I, I just love the idea frame? of you sitting like on jury duty where they ask. Oh like, yeah. So like, what do you do? It reminds like I was on jury duty one time when I just said I'm a full time musician, and they followed up with, "So, Mr. O'Rourke, you mentioned you're a full time musician. 
what instrument do you play? <laughs> oh, crap. I should just say guitar. Right. Just be done be with easier. it. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Uh, I, I said dulcimer, and it turned into this long thing, and it... It cut you off jury duty because of the racist past. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually I tried getting out of it. I thought by dropping that I worked for a legal publication. I have to float, but that didn't work. But it ended with the uh, with the attorney asking the courtroom after I'm describing the dulcimer. Has anyone heard of this thing he's talking about? (laughs) I think that's great. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. do we really want a dulcimer player on the jury? You know, we could probably do well with a YouTube video that's just dulcimer players describe technical things. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> or, Steve, you ought to have your mom do that. Start a YouTube video channel. On a Give your mom something. That could be good. I mean, anything anything your mom says is pretty hilarious. Yeah. I would like to do a theory podcast where I, I'm wrong a lot every show. <laughs> you know? you see, remember the guy who did that with uh, electronics, and he was talking about how to hack your phone, and he had him put a whole bunch of batteries together. Like <laughs> no, that's funny. Double-A batteries, and kind of you tape them all up with this electrical tape, and then you take the electrical tape and you tape them to the back of the phone. Because electricity, electrical tape was made to conduct electricity. <laughs> it's really funny. He said it just straight. Yeah, it doesn't. By the way, I uh, I had a I had a I had a beautiful musical experience this morning. Yeah. Well, sounds good. <laughs> um, Tell us about it. Well, it's, I mean, it's not real dulcimer related, but it's now dulcimer related because I, you know, experienced it and I'm dulcimer related. But I've been listening to The Who. I thought you were going to just say, I am dulcimer. I am dulcimer. Right. I've been listening to Baba O'Reilly by The Who since, you know, the ninth grade. Okay. I mean, I heard it before that, but somewhere in the ninth grade. We got it on CD, you know, it was one of my first CDs. And I've never, you know, as a keyboardist or whatever, I've never understood what was going on there on Bob O'Reilly. And I know now the deal. And I was able to play it this morning, which blew me away. And so I'm going to briefly tell you what the deal is. Pete Townsend took a Lowry organ And it had an effect on it called marimba repeat. And so when you hold down a note, it repeats. You know, whatever you're holding down, it repeats over and over. But half of the octave repeats on the beat. Half of the octave repeats on the end of the beat or off beat. And it's scattered throughout the octave so like these three keys are on the beat next three keys are off the beat and i found a nice uh script that emulates that and i was playing that this morning and why am i saying this on the podcast because almost nobody wants to hear about this and at least i have a captive audience here so but it's like a (laughs) it's like a lifelong dream all right so and I, and I I got to live that dream this morning. Yeah, so funny how that ties into 
where my head is right now. Where? Oh no! So we got this. I got this drum, you know, and then I had a, just did that initial video, and I had to go off to something. And yesterday had a bunch of things. But in my in between time, I've been sitting down and trying to learn this stuff. Uh, I went to sleep thinking about it last night, and I got up and practiced it. Didn't practice dulcimer. Well, I did practice dulcimer with it later, and we'll get to that maybe in another podcast, but. It's doing stuff exactly like what you're talking about Townsend doing that is exciting to me about this. So this drum is going to be a central part of my Patreon project coming up this year. Oh, that's a neat idea. With Hammer Dulcimer. So I'm building this new Hammer Dulcimer CD, and I want to play all the percussion. But a goal is, you know, I'm, I'm not putting anybody down. It's fine maybe it's not really fine to play with backing tracks all the time but uh i just sometimes you produce something and you put a whole lot of stuff into it and it's hard to go out and perform it then because it's missing all these other parts uh-huh. i want i want to play something that i can do and have it be really cool on the recording and really cool live so just in a nutshell i'm locking myself down to even the microphones that I'm using on my instrument. So whereas I might really be snobby about using only my AKG 414s when I record my hammer dulcimer most of the time, I want this recording to be done with these 57s. With, oh, wow. With a beta 57. So, you know, where they go and how they're mic'd is, is critical so that when I perform, it sounds just like it does on the recording. And using this drum to build not just like grooves to go behind it, but things that are harmonically correct with what I'm playing. Does that make, does, see, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and you can do it because you get to dial that stuff in. So back to where you were just a second ago, Steve, I'm looking at the kinds of things that you change and it's uh, just want to name some of these and you'll get all these things. So there's high frequency damp, oh, uh, I love reverb density, ER density. I'm not even sure what that is. Pre delays, times uh just oh gosh if i start i mean there's like 60 or 70 different electronic parameters basically that you change just like you do in circuit bending and you shouldn't be sharing this but listen that's not circuit bending really what you're talking about well it's it's so what they did for this drum was built this box that does it all inside the box because it really is just taking what you guys hear right now i don't know if you can hear that yeah that's the only sound this thing produces. Yeah, because it's a box. It's a picture frame. It's a picture frame, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I think that's really cool. I hope someday people, you know, like 150 years from now, somebody's going, I want to know how that Landrum guy did that song called uh, Alinkus. That's one of the song titles. <laughs> it's fun imagining yourself 150 years from now, like how you'll be remembered and stuff. Oh, they'll remember. My head's going to be in a box and I'll still be talking. Right. So they don't have the opportunity to forget us. No, no, no. They'll probably stop me. (laughs) Just put the cover on that box. Dan, remember when we talked about when you use the same microphone? Like, let's say you're doing a track and you're recording, you know, five different people and you're overdubbing so everybody's taking turns and you're stacking everybody up. Um, If you use the same mic on everybody, it can start to take some of the weird sounds and it starts to stack the weird room sounds or the weird EQ signature or something like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes. 
It's um, a real problem. Well, when I have overdubbed myself on like six different instruments, my rhythmic weaknesses start to mm. stack. So if, let's say, for instance, on the and of three, I keep rushing it a little bit. I tend to do that on every instrument, and that's weird. You know what I mean? And I've been working on some multi-track dulcimer stuff, and it's one good thing about bringing different people in is if they're tight enough, their idiosyncrasies will not line up, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, their, char- their characteristics of their playing. We have a captive audience we what do you mean well we can talk about all this geeky stuff oh i thought they were playing this in prisons now (laughs) no (laughs) that would be cruel and unusual i did hear that there's a british comedy that's based in a prison have you heard of this Mm -mm. no that wouldn't surprise me though so what are you working on aaron a whole bunch of stuff you mentioned the arpeggio thing we talked about it a little bit but I'd kind of like to hear it and try it. All right. So I know we've talked about sweep picking. S W E E P, as in Papa. That's yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I know we've talked about it quite a bit on this podcast, and it's um, always kind of an evolving thing. And so one of the things that I've been doing recently to to try and explore this a little bit further um like uh last week we talked about going up and then going back down hey wait a minute which is not happening right now okay well let's let's do that for a second because one thing about that is it's a little it's a little awkward right for the right hand oh yeah super awkward can you just describe again what you're doing right there Slowly. Sure. So what I'm doing is I, I'm making a chord. Um, I, that was just an E major that I was making. From the bass string to the melody string, the frets are eight, six, and a half, five. Right. And then when I get to that melody string, I'm playing the eighth fret. All right. So you're going in, 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 out. Out. Right. Okay. And then I'm pulling off of that eight, going back to five, going out on six and a half of the middle. All right. So let me let me uh, say this: the six and a half and the five on the middle melody, you keep those fingers down the whole time. Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. If I want to really separate it, um, if I'm going slow enough to think about it. Right after I play that six and a half on the middle string, I'll relax the finger holding that down so it separates that note a little bit. Right, so Um, this is selfish of me, but I want to just summarize that. I'm holding down an eight, six and a half, five, bass, middle, melody. I'm going to do in, 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 out, pull mm -hmm. off, out. In, 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 out, pull, out. Yeah, when I let go of the eight on the bass, I have to be careful I don't hear that open note every time. Yeah, I keep I kind of keep my middle finger uh, on the, touching the bass string. Oh, that's good. So I right. don't hear that open 
ringing so much. All right, but so now you've got something thing, that's working yeah, better, I, I think. I can't do that on this this next technique because uh, yeah. I just can't. Um, <laughs> so uh, not yet anyway. So for for this one, I'm making a G chord, 7, 6, 5. <laughs> that was, on that was not Aaron. <laughs> that was not me. That was the no. Lowry Marimba yeah. repeater. Dan's about to change the subject. <laughs> hey, that's only because that happened accidentally. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> back, no back to it. Okay. That's what Steve was talking so about. So you're capoed at three, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm capoed at three. So I'm making this G chord seven six five. In in in. Then on the melody string, going out on seven. Now that's so you you're so, not pulling off. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm I'm about to, but I just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Seven six five seven. Now right. I'm gonna pull off to five. Pull off to open. Two consecutive pull offs. And this keeps you from having to hit that middle string. It gives your right hand a little more time to get ready to hit the bass with an N. Yeah, and so it's easier to move that around, which I'm, I'm still not great at. Yeah, but uh, let's hear that because that's still awesome. playing around with it, but something like... Something like that. Right. So... Um, yeah, it's still in the in the early stages, but that's one of the things I've been working on. The other thing has been um, the idea of doing some right hand, uh, some tremolo, yeah. and on a different string, doing left hand pizzicato. Now wait, is your left hand fretting and plucking at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, that's super. I've never thought of that. Yeah, while my right hand is just doing tremolo. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so I just made the, uh, I just shared a little hint of this on uh, on Patreon recently. I just changed my Patreon from per MP3 to monthly, so now people contribute x amount every month yeah and i wanted to do that to be a little bit more processed based and i know we've talked about this a bit uh before it was always like i had this end goal every month to create this mp3 and they really they maybe saw a little preview of it but now i'm going to be doing a lot more video to show all these techniques that i work on that that are like super uncomfortable for me at first and uh talk about how i'm working on how it's evolving how it's getting up to speed and cleaning it up a little bit so okay so they're, they're either get getting an mp3 or they're seeing the process <laughs> lead that leads to the mp3 yeah, they're getting they're getting all of it yeah i mean the, the end goal is still to have this you know somewhat polished mp3 with uh um uh with with new musical ideas for me anyway, something that was challenging for me, but, uh, but I'm going to be sharing a lot more stuff along the way and how tracks are evolving. So Dan, what are you doing over there? We heard Bob O'Reilly coming out. I didn't want everyone to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying, I wanted to listen to it so I could get a reference to what you were talking about earlier. That's crazy. 
That's all. So, so I apologize for that. Yeah, I'd been meaning to say the whole time I didn't know what Bob O'Reilly was. But now I do, yeah. thanks to <laughs> yeah. Dan's phone going on. I might cut that part out of this. Oh, never mind. And then I can just uh You shouldn't that cut play. that out. That was great. Okay. I was thinking I might let it play underneath while you're talking about it. <laughs> right. No, seriously, that would be good. Uh, we have an event coming up that we got to talk about. Um, Aaron, we've mm-hmm. got the Band Jammer Gathering. Uh, if you go to bandjammer.com, you'll see that we've got dates in October coming up, October 6 to 8. And this is going to be oh, in Townsend, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's the correct date, isn't it? The first weekend in October. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's a bunch of us with band jammers, banjo dulcimers. And um, we always, I always find it to be refreshing to take a weekend and just do something that's quite different. But if you uh, if you have a band jammer, get down there. If you want one, get down there. There'll be plenty for sale. But check out bandjammer.com. B-A-N-J-A-M-M-E-R.com. Could somebody and, just uh, use one? What's that? Will there be any, you know, if someone doesn't know if they're interested, would, would there be some available to try? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there'll be a, there'll be a lot to try. But not if... No one comes. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've got to get people in there. Hey, so that's, Steve, we're, we were going to do something different this year, right? With the, uh, weren't we going to do claw hammer and paw hammer as a big class, like all of us together? He, I thought that's what we talked well, about. Well, the schedule's year. on the website. I'm not sure. Okay. Can I change the schedule? <laughs> I imagine. Um, cool. Yeah, instead of having two separate classes, we were going to do that all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we've talked about band jammers on here, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. And played them. We have? Mm-hmm. Oh. I believe Steve did way back. Oh. Good job, Steve. So, what else is going on with y'all? Oh, a bunch of stuff. The uh, latest issue of Dulcimer Players News is going through a big and it's a it's like a it's a gamelon issue, right? (laughs) It's not exactly. We're gonna what is it? What were you saying? You were saying a funny word over and over again. No, that was the uh, Heidelberg Press that I was doing there. No, No, I wasn't thinking of Heimlich maneuver. Yeah. It's uh, it just ask people to bring in O'Carolan stuff. And before before we talk about O'Carolan, maybe for a minute, I want to promote the next issue is going to be focused on Noter. I don't want to say just Noter drone because then Hammer Dulcimer people will think, oh, this is you know just a Mountain Dulcimer issue. But it's it's not drone. It's going to be about drones, That's but of cool. course Noter drone playing is going to definitely come up with that. I mean, uh, I don't use a Noter and I drone all the time. Yeah, so there's all kinds of ways of yeah. doing of doing droned music. So, uh, the power of the drone, and we've already got a couple of good articles for that. So now you know, there's some people out there that's all they do. So I hope you're getting yeah. in touch with some of those folks. Yep, I am. So I think that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. So anyway, on this last one, we did O'Carolan. Uh, 
for multiple reasons. One is uh, oh, Carolyn's just prolific. And this is I an Irish composer. Yeah, so he lived between 1770 and 1830, I believe, was the time of his life. Oh. You think that's I think wrong? one can thing you, that's really cool about him Google is that, that while we're looking? Well, it sounds uh, okay. like you're playing something in the neighborhood of classical music, but it's very diatonic. You know, it doesn't wander outside the key. Um, so it's it kind of gives you some of that. It gives you some of that sound without having to need the notes we don't have. I think that's why it was so popular on Dulcimer, especially like in the 80s. I know that a lot of people were, 80s and 90s, people were playing it a lot. Shelley yeah. Stevens has a book on it. So, um, Carrie Crompton has just some incredible arrangements for Hammer Dulcimer for uh, Oklahoma. Okay. Aaron just looked up the, the lifespan. Oh, I tried. Uh-oh, you thought you were there. Well. Not on your Wi-Fi. I'm not on the right Wi-Fi. Oh, get on the one that says DPN Wi-Fi network. Yeah. Okay. So he died 1738. Yeah. And he was blind, Harper. 1738. Yeah. So it was 1670 to 1738. I was wondering when I said that if I was off by 100 years. Yeah. yeah. So, so I don't know if this is true or not, but uh, um, supposedly he didn't go blind until he was like 18 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It was just common at that time. If you were blind, you were a musician. I didn't know that. I do think that's true. I have no idea, but that's what I read on the internet. So I'm sharing it with everyone yeah. I know. As there fact. you go. Yeah, we had a photograph in uh, Dulcimer Players News. It's been about ten years ago that someone found of a person in the back of a I wagon remember that. playing Hammer Dulcimer, who was he, blind, and they used yeah. to take him around like a freak show kind of thing. Whoa. Because he was playing Hammer Dulcimer, obviously. Hammer Dulcimer, part of a freak show? Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that was, who knows when that was from. But Carolyn's stuff is is coolly diatonic because he played a harp, not pedal harps. Well, and everybody's so, hanging out with probably had more diatonic instruments, I'm guessing. Yeah. Like flute, pipes, that kind of stuff. There's so much of it, though, that I hear, and it moves a lot, and the arrangements tend to become more complex and sound a little bit more like Bach than I think the music would have been from that time, you know? But maybe this guy was able to pull all this I stuff I think he off. was I mean, hanging think... out with some upper-class people, you know, and they maybe they they were more drawn to uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of major twos in his... Uh in his compositions yeah. at least as, as I hear them played now but yeah, like he's not temporarily modulating to another key as much as you would no. hear but I no, honestly and... find a lot of it to be rather drab and bland <laughs> oh my goodness really now there's some of the melodies that I really do like like give me your hand I think that's, that's not O'Carolyn who's that Th- that was a predecessor to O'Carolyn I should have known but yeah, I like that one too. You're talking about, uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. But no, I do like, um, now Shebeg Shamor, that's, it, I just recorded that for the magazine. Is that O'Carolan? That's yep. O'Carolan. Can you, can you play a little? Uh, uh let's see. Ah. <laughs> 
I like this version. <laughs> I didn't record the um, Middle Eastern version. So do me a favor. Take a take a deep <laughs> breath, deep relaxing breath, and mm-hmm. play it just for a you know as long as you want to. Like you, the way you recorded this for Dulcimer Player's new CD, I was having a bad day because I was rushed trying to get everything done. Yeah, and I was listening to your recording while I was working on it, and just this wave of happiness came over me and it was relaxing and i thought that's, that's just funny. so cool you asked me like three or four days before it was due you wanted it on monday morning or yeah. sunday night and i kept telling you i was working on it what i really meant is i was working my way up to it <laughs> uh when we i you were like i need it and um i appreciate that deadline I wish I had somebody giving me more deadlines, man. Oh, but you want me to play? You want me to play right now? Start with. (sighs) That's the wrong key. Hang on. It's a good melody. Oh, it is a good melody. Yeah. And there are many of those. His his farewell to music. Anybody play that? I used to play that. It's so simple. I like might that. like him more than I think I do. Let's see. Hmm. There it is. Where's it go? Anyway, when played slowly with not much underneath it, it it'll make you cry. Uh, and if you just think about the the whole concept of a musician being at the end of their life and writing a song that's like goodbye. It's funny though, really, for you to say I'm going to play a song called "Farewell to Music" and then you screwed it up a bunch. No, I don't. I don't know it. I'm just. It's just one of a thousand. Yeah, I get it. It was just yeah. funny. That's all. <laughs> Maybe it's just sad. <laughs> what's, what's the? No, never mind. I guess that's too. Dark. I probably like him more than I think. When I used to right. w- work with David Schnaufer, we would do all our tab, not in a computer, but we would do it with a pencil. And there were a lot of times where he, we're sitting together, and I'm doing his tab with pencil on paper. And I always ended up using my O'Carolan book. And so to this day, if you look at my Shelley Stevens O'Carolan book, there is a tremendous amount of uh, engravings from where I was penciling, you know, on the paper on top of it. It's kind of Interesting. a neat memory. Well, help me figure out. So a song like this, uh, Planksty Corcoran, 
I don't see how it could have modulated like this. And I, and I bet we could probably figure, because things have certainly get changed. You think it can what? do that? What? What? I bet it didn't really move with all of those accidentals in there. What? Let's hear it again. Yeah, that's just... It's that C-sharp in there. That's just uh, harmonic minor hinting at that with decorative chromaticism before, right? So, yeah. Do you think that C-sharp was in there? You could probably do it without it. I think a lot of people improvise the use of that. So you're in a minor key. like Let's say you're in C minor. You would typically expect a B flat, but so often you hear a B natural when the five chord is happening, but not, but not even always with the five chord. It's, it's neat because a lot of the song, like um, Green Sleeves, you know, there's some differences That's in how right. people mess with that. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, even on a, a 36 string harp that didn't have sharping levers, you could put your thumb at the top and bend the note a little bit. Mm. To pull something sharp for just a moment, you know. So, you would think that someone whose life, whose entire system of living was based around playing harp, was experimenting with things all the time, not just playing the five, same five or six songs. Mm. <laughs> you know, coming up, coming up with new I, things. I mean, so often we'll say we can imagine being a person back then. We can imagine they might do certain things like bend a string. Um, but so often the historian is saying, look, we're not talking about what was likely. We're looking for any kind of evidence that it actually happened. But it's it's funny in the music world when we're looking at traditional music, you know, we get in these arguments about what somebody might have done 150 years ago or 300 years ago. They they do this with Bach all the time, different schools of thought on the, the way yeah. he might have played ornaments and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I like disconnecting myself from that. I, I would just... I'm fascinated with history, but I'm not a historian, and um, I probably have a little more fun in my imagination, imagining what somebody might have done 300 sure. years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm making art here, well, you know? I mean, I've heard some, some pretty passionate opinions uh, from some musicians that uh, that it's important to play a piece as it was intended by the composer. Yeah, I try to stay away from those <laughs> well, people. I, I try and think about how I how I would feel if I heard someone, uh, if I can project my feelings onto O'Carolyn or Bach. Uh, I, I just try and imagine how I would feel if I heard someone else playing um, something that I wrote, if they did something if, different. And I think that there's potential for me to think that someone took it in a really cool direction yeah i mean if i heard somebody doing a rourke piece exactly like you i'm immediately thinking i should have went to the restroom during that probably or went outside and got some fresh air but if i hear him do even the smallest thing different on purpose then i'm kind of interested you know can you mark this day down steve seaford and i are in 100 percent agreement Now, I, there is value in people retaining things from the past, but that's there just not is. me. That's somebody else's job. That's not my job. 
you know yeah. i like with david Stoffer, i love studying like some of this the crazy stuff he did i got to witness it and ask him about it that was the best case scenario sometimes he wasn't even doing it like he had done it years before some things i have to listen to now and guess what he's doing some things i saw and i have no recording of it and i got and i like uh i like thinking about all that it's fun it's it's inspiring sometimes but i don't feel any great moral um drive to yeah now do it just like so and so did it no you know what so and so is dead and the, we still have the treasure of their music thank goodness by recording i guess with bach you don't actually have a recording of bach but that's that's too bad you should have lived when he lived you missed out you know <laughs> it just didn't work out for you did yeah. it that way yeah you missed a beautiful thing i mean i wish i had been at dulcimer festivals in the 1970s and early 80s i mean that's what a neat time for the dulcimer but guess what i missed it you know and you don't see people doing this with brushing their teeth like i'm gonna brush my teeth like bach brushed his teeth you know i don't know i'm probably off base here or lose my teeth like brock bach lost his teeth <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right everybody had wooden teeth or something yeah, brush him like George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And I, I want to, I want since nobody else is chiming in here, I, when I hear somebody play, like especially when I've judged contests, and we've got Winfield going on this this weekend coming up, I believe. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to be there, Steve. I was. I want to. I couldn't afford to make the trip, you but um, well, whenever you can. I. Th- I think when I've judged contests, if I hear somebody copy somebody else exactly, um, you know, I'll give them good points on being in tune, on execution, on all that stuff. But they don't get a lot of points for originality, which really didn't hurt the score that much. But if I just, I know I just said this, but just do one little thing different every, you know, 18 seconds. You know what, Steve? I'm going to agree with you, but... It depends on the age. If it's a 14-year-old who's studying to play like Steve, or who's learning to play by watching Steve Seifert or Aaron O'Rourke or Butch Ross or Aaron May. Sure, or, I'm not or, mad or, at him, but sir, I'm not no. going to give him, you know, like at, at Winfield you get, well, you get 200 uh, points for yeah. a song. Let, and 10 let of me those finish points, this hold, Hang on, on. 10 <laughs> of those points might be originality. So I don't give the kid those 10 points. That doesn't really affect his score that much because I've scored him well on everything else. And yes, I went through this with somebody who's currently playing with a famous band right now. <laughs> Okay, you guys are talking about two different things. Steve, you're talking about contests where you can't actually see the person. Well, that's Dan, another you're talking thing. about someone of a certain age. If you're in Winfield, you don't know what age that person is or Mountain View. So it's, it's oh, Yeah, okay. Point. I'll give you that. It, yeah, not necessarily, but... I'm all I for people copying someone, people to an extent, yeah. yeah. I think studying someone and trying to be able to do everything they do is really good for you. I think it's right. good to go through a period of that, yeah. Then yeah. when it comes to performing, you know, move on. Yeah. Unless you just theirs. happen to enjoy it. Maybe you just enjoy doing it their way. That's fine. I know. I was picking on them. No, I mean, I mean, Steve, like you know, when I started playing Mountain Dulcimer, I learned, uh, I started off with tapes of Don Petty and learned what he was playing note for note. Yeah, and I then did a I, lot of I, that too. Then I got I got your CDs and I learned your first album, Mountain Dulcimer. But you, thank you for having the tunings written on the inside of that. Oh, oh that's, that's hilarious. Well, yeah, you know, um, that's funny. Yeah. 
So anyway, just don't if you're if you're listening and you're a young player, pick out someone you like and be inspired by them and try to do what they That's do. That's true. I You'll do eventually it too. I get to just, a place. Yeah. But I was just doing it with uh, yes. Baba O'Reilly this morning. I was doing it. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, that was a total rip-off, dude. I'm kidding. <laughs> I should have done it different. <laughs> hmm. But you know the, the easiest way to do something different? I mean, I don't have the ability to copy people exactly, so I kind of get the main ideas, and then I let my own musical personality fill in the gaps, and I think that's what a lot of us do. I like that. Uh, I don't know if... I, what you said is 100 percent true just now, but at some level it probably is. And so you don't do that. I hear you do that. Constantly. No, I'm saying I you hear have, Aaron do that constantly. I think you have the ability to do just about anything you want to do. I don't want to copy somebody exactly. It takes too much time and work. It hurts. And that's the point where the ability fails because you don't yeah. you don't want to do that. So or maybe I just not, can't do it as you know. But if I but I, I, the thing is, is it, I get to that point where I'm thinking, do I want to put this extra work in to get this exactly like Schnaufer? And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I don't want to know exactly how he did it. That way I won't be tempted to do it just like him in concert. I think it'd be odd if you did that. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I do want to do, just like he did, except modernized, is learn how to be a working musician like Tarlock O'Carroll did. And that he, I mean, we don't know that he was the one who really set up this Planksty system, but uh, there's not a lot of record. I did some looking into that. The yeah. the word Planksty seems to have come out of that time. So, you know how something can mean something, mm-hmm. but then get applied to something else, and that right. that other meaning usurps it. This is me once again imagining, Steve. I'm not saying I know this for sure, but I can imagine. The word Planksty from, you know, some Celtic dialect meaning like a yoga move or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, getting turned into something else, and so uh-huh. Planksty now is associated with music mm-hmm. for the most part. And O'Carolan traveled, stayed with people, and he would leave them a parting gift sometimes. And it was the Planksties weren't just about uh, in honor of, like if I wrote Planksty Aaron. Sometimes they were about an occasion. They were about an event. Mm-hmm. And so... So what's an example of that? I, uh, boy, I can't think of any. Okay. Right now. I'm looking at one here, Planksty O'Rourke. I didn't know that. There's two heirs, Planksty O'Rourke, one and two. I've helped some people out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you tried to play those? No, I haven't. You ever heard them? No, I haven't. Steve, you I, got on your phone there where you could let us hear it for a second? I know there's a... a no, I don't. I know Rourke's real. Uh, it's been a while since I played it. It's kind of a cool tune, though. Oh, that's neat. Liz Carroll does a really awesome version yeah. of it, yeah. But, you know, we've been talking a lot about Patreon, and I finally made the moves to get my, my system set up. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good... It's it's like O'Carolan was doing, except yeah. for a modern age. Right. I've thought of that exactly... Yeah, because yeah, you have patrons, and he had patrons, and yeah. yeah, you just you no longer have to be rich in order to be a patron. It's like the patron system meets iTunes, where people are used to paying a dollar for a track. Yeah, something. which kind of has to be that way yeah. because we're spread thinner, and what people are paying is mm-hmm. less. Right. And you don't have to have somebody come and stay in your house for a month. That's the best part of it. 
<laughs> Some people might enjoy that, though. Yeah, Listen maybe. to this title, Squire Wood's Lamentation on the Refusal of His Halfpence. That's, That's usually just on Squire Woods, yeah. But And there's another one here I can't read out loud. I, I thought about maybe I could get away with it. It's entirely not... Yeah, I there's some racy titles. Now. Yeah. Are you looking through the O'Neill's book right now? <laughs> you could beep this out, right? What do you mean? It's called... <laughs> up your... <laughs> 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 That's what it's called. It's a variation on the Scottish air. Interesting. <laughs> but it probably meant something different back then. Okay, so <laughs> we did the rare thing where we had to edit something because Steve started reading <laughs> titles to O'Carillon pieces. <laughs> we decided that wasn't appropriate for a... Uh, show that we don't want to have an explicit rating on isn't that the word the, the most foul title of any song you've ever heard ever okay mm-hmm. so n- we're um. moving on <laughs> oh aaron says no it gets no. worse i'm offended oh, yeah. by nail that catfish to a tree really you're no. offended by that not offended well may yeah. it bothers me it makes me uncomfortable i would uh not say it to a small child oh i would Unless you want that small child to grow up in some kind of false reality where they have no idea where their food comes from. Yeah, but do you, you have a two-year-old slaughter a chicken? <laughs> yes. Things- I watched it. I was with a family of about nine kids, and it was chicken day, and they all go out and did it together, and they've been doing it since they were little. So I guess to them there's no shock factor. Yeah, you should be sensitive about Shocking small children by killing farm animals, I guess. Yeah, I might want to ease them into that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, and he was the dad got? was a dulcimer builder, by the way, Vince. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I. I think that's probably a good way for kids to learn things, in particular, if it's with the family thing. But if, yeah, you got to ease them into things, in particular. I mean, there's passages in the Bible you wouldn't read to a child. Yeah, that's right. And you know, uh, I guess there's song titles you wouldn't you wouldn't say on a podcast. I guess that's the uh, point here. Yes. So, I have two quick parade stories. One, one was uh, was in a parade a couple of weeks ago, and they had uh, Alexian Village. <laughs> it's a retirement home that's owned by the Catholic Church here on Signal Mountain. And they had a nun in a golf cart, and they were trying to play songs that mention nuns. Nun and a golf cart. Or Is sister. that a tune? Oh. <laughs> and they had not screened some of their songs. I, I think I heard about this. One what? of them was Lady Marmalade. Oh, I, I don't know anything about that. Well, because it goes, hey, sister soul, sister soul, sister. Yeah. Okay, so the one I heard about was uh, I Believe in Miracles. Yes. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. You sexy thing. You sexy thing, you. <laughs> By the band Hot Chocolate, if I remember correctly, actually. And then uh, yesterday, I judged a parade. What? This is the first time you in my life. judged a parade? As oh, neat. It, it was a uh, it was function as a council member. It was uh, me and the police resource officer at the school, the SRO. That's really difficult to do. 
I, I never want to do that again, ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, if you had goodness. been designing uh, parade, you know, uh, floats or whatever, what do they call them? Floats. Not a f- yeah. yeah, but you've never really done much of that. No, but it's like judging a dulcimer contest in that your heart goes out kind of to everyone, but, you know, <laughs> the one float where the seniors clearly just took off their shirts to show they had muscles. <laughs> I think that's great. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's it. I think we have that's, too much actual work going on in our lives to uh, chit chat right now. Yeah. Aaron, you yeah. gotta. Yeah. So you you obsess over things. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you got any new obsessions that nobody knows about? Uh, well, I think I just shared them with you. Oh, no, 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 no. But something you're contemplating, like maybe fly fishing or something like that. Um, n- no. Come on. I don't think Come on. So. I, uh, so, I recently yeah. started this. This feels weird to say on a podcast. Do it, I recently do it. started listening to podcasts. Oh, really? So you this hadn't been true, listening yeah. to them much? No, I really didn't. It's funny. Yeah. But I, I recently started, and I feel like I. Just from one podcast, I changed like three things in my life. Really? Tem- temporarily, yeah. Do you want to tell right, us what I those three things, things are? Uh, one, I changed my my iPhone to black and white. Um, it's far less Ooh. interesting to look at. Uh, as oh, a result, ah. I don't get led down rabbit holes. If oh. I see I got a text or an email and then I want to ch- or there's something on Reddit that really catches my attention. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, the rabbit holes are are gone when it's in black and white. That's I think I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. Well, give me another one. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've I've always felt like I was kind of a it's night true owl. if it's true for you. If it well, <laughs> so supposedly, um, uh, how do I say this? I, I'm going to totally butcher this. But but essentially, um, do it in front of a small child, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, um, n- like night watchers in small societies, like the people. I know you. I know what you're thinking. No 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 no. no, no like I have people, no idea. Okay, so the people in like a tribe or, or okay. a group, um, there would be some people who stayed up at night uh, and would watch. Okay, and night watchers. Th- yeah, night watchers bred with other night watchers. And so there were these people who would really live by night and sleep during the day. And huh. I always felt like I got like I was my most productive like at night. There was something that would come alive and someone made the argument, yeah, that's a genetic thing. You probably came from uh, night watchers. I don't know <laughs> if that's true or not, but I thought it was a cool story. It sounds cool. Yeah. Like I would write a book about a fictional book about that. So but, what are you saying about this? Oh, and I've okay. So I also uh, I'm not really saying anything, but I heard some some really great interviews with comedians on. I, I'm really being led down the the podcast rabbit hole, and this is a lot while I <laughs> while I'm practicing. I used to watch uh, debates while I would practice, and then I started watching cooking shows. I'm pretty satisfied right, with my. Too. Uh, That's right. w- I'm pretty satisfied with my current uh, stock of uh, Indian recipes. I'm feeling mm-hmm. good about it, so I'm not watching the cooking shows quite as much. Um, 
so then yeah i got into these podcasts so i'm practicing while i'm while i'm listening to podcasts or watching can, podcasts. can i give you a, a tip yeah. a productivity tip if you'll change the podcast settings to like russian or something you'll listen to fewer podcasts <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, uh, it's kind of like the black and white thing yeah uh, so I decided I was going to start learning French for some reason uh, around the same time. Oh that, there's that a Nikki pretty was good like, podcast no, for that. Was like, no, we should we should learn Italian. So during the day, I was I was uh, learning French these short lessons, and then at night we were studying Italian together, and I just lost all of it. It all. That's awesome. To, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm pretty sure the Italian pushed out the French. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, it, they say Italian's one of the easier languages to learn. Is that true? It, it certainly didn't feel like it. <laughs> oh, but but what was what was kind of interesting about it was uh, just in in terms of how I was committing some of these things to short term memory. Uh, Nikki pointed out uh, this is exactly like how you practice music. I noticed, and that like she would go through the whole list multiple times and. Like in counting to twenty, go through it multiple times, multiple times, and then whenever, uh, whenever I would study, it was just like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, uh, and then I'd go, okay, four, five, six, four, five, six, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, okay, seven, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, blah, 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 and so on. Oh, I see. Yeah, <clears throat> and she said, she said, I feel like I'm getting to like learn how you learn yeah. yes yeah yeah like i said it's all it's totally gone out the window so yeah those are some of my recent obsessions do you think like with podcasts it seems like if i'm in a room with 20 people three of them maybe listen to podcasts if i'm in a group of if i'm in a room with people under 40 you know like there's certainly more but if I get in a room with people over 65, there's not a whole lot of people talking about podcasts. I mean, Mm-mm. maybe we're just not talking about it. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're so – Aaron's a lot younger than – well, we're kind of 10 years apart, the three of us here. I'm about to turn 32. About to hit 32. Yeah, next week. Wow. Woohoo! I think uh, because of what we do, social media is just a part of our lives and – there's an assumption that it's that much a part of many people's lives. And it's not, it's even though Facebook has all these members, you know what they've got some crazy percentage of the world aren't people are on Facebook, whether or not they actually use Facebook is a different thing. I think. Yeah. And I think we, yeah, I've been, uh, it's funny to me when I post music videos, this also makes me, it's, uh, encouraging when i post music videos those tend to get the most views out of my friends the work that i'm doing with the council gets the least right but it's some of the most involved hard you know kind of stressful actually in the moment real life things going on Go, go ahead. What you're posting, you're linking it to YouTube, right? I'm doing both now. Oh, you are? Yeah. Okay. I'm doing both. You yeah. know, that that kind of stuff you're doing might turn out to be really valuable in the future when somebody says, hey, what did they decide last year? Or something oh, that's like interesting. That. Yeah, I think so. But it's we have, more of a record, you know. Well, sure, yeah. And I'm hoping to get the town to take over the whole videoing part. But I guess I'm talking more about the – Aaron's watched, you know, little snippets of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and it's still on a particular issue. I've watched it too. It's still me against, uh, you know, the world almost. Not really. I guess it's me against other council members. Yeah, but the citizens are really heckling the other council members. Starting to a little bit. More than you. I think, dude, yeah. you should have a one-minute video where you just you hit the high, the three high spots of the meeting and then say, if you want to hear the whole thing, you know. You know why I'm not doing that is because I don't want to politicize the political That's part right, this. because you're yeah. biased. No, I'm, I'm trying to actually be an example. I think... Right, that's your bias. What do you mean? <laughs> you, the fact understand. that you don't see your bias is—it reassures me that it is in fact your bias. <laughs> well, point it out to me, Steve. Like, well, what I'm saying so you is, lean towards <laughs> civility, toward, towards not putting your own personal opinion when you post these. That's your bias, right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that you—that you lean towards that. Yeah, right. like. Like, not putting your own summary on that is just as biased as someone who does. Oh, I see. It's that, uh, yeah. yeah. You're trying to... I'm totally kidding. No, I know. No, no. Actually, though. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to no, take it down no, the road. No, no, I'm not going to follow it. Yeah, good. But if you create a straw... I've watched this happen over and over again because people are doing it left and right. If you create a straw man argument... You just it doesn't matter what the rest of your argument is in the public arena. If you did anything that could be pointed out as a straw man or anything wrong, you know, where you're where you're being obviously biased or attacking people, uh, even if they deserve it, by the way, an ad hominem isn't always a fallacy. If the person really is being a jerk, it's not an ad hominem attack to say, why are you, why are you being so so rude if they're really being rude? Uh, but so the, the ad hominem attack is when you attack the person rather than the the, the subject yes. at hand. So therefore, if you're being rude, mm-hmm. and I say you're being rude, that's not me attacking you. If well, it's that, true, that's not ad hominem, is it? Yeah, it's at the person. You're, but I thought ad hominem was this is a character trait of you. This and that is why your argument is false. That's right. No. Yeah. It's a. An ad hominem attack is an attack at the man. Okay. Yeah, but in order to support your argument. Well, I know where you're which... going with this, Aaron, because it's because it gets confused. It's okay. not always an ad hominem attack if it's true. And if, well, I, yeah, you know what, Aaron? Now that it's coming back to me, you're right. Because, yeah, ad hominem is... Not necessarily a fallacy. That's what I'm trying to say. And this right. is where I think we're both right. You can have an ad hominem attack that's not fallacious. Go ahead. According yeah. to what I just pulled up, it, yeah. it looks like you're correct. Uh, the first definition that comes up, um, directed against a person rather than the position they are maintaining. Right. Well, this is exciting. Yeah, okay. Well, it is exciting because it doesn't it doesn't change whether or not somebody's what they're saying is true. So I think ad hominem attacks, in particular if they're straw man, you know, if you're just creating something, weakens your argument even if it's right. Straw man is an informal fallacy based on giving the impression of refuting an opponent's argument while refuting an argument that was not presented by that opponent. 
That's right. And that's what most of public discourse appears to be to me. Can right we now, give an example of that from the dulcimer world? <laughs> like, can um, you just make something up, maybe? Nobody's ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Put it in the dulcimer world. You need to play something people will recognize, or no one's ever going to want to hear you play. Say that again. So let's say early on, someone told Aaron O'Rourke, listen, this original stuff, I'm glad you're working on that, but that's not going to get you anywhere in this dulcimer community. You need to play things that are like uh, Norman Blake's album, Just Give Me Something I'm Used To, <laughs> which is good every now and then. Mm-hmm. But if someone if someone told Aaron that that was true and he based his career around that, I, I don't think he would make it. Is that okay, Steve? Yeah. You know, Dan talks about fallacies quite a bit, which is good. I mean, I I want to think better. Um, but the, the problem is when you start studying fallacies, you start to realize that a whole lot of the people you really trust are maybe not as smart as you think. Starting with you. Meaning, yeah, me. starting with yourself. But let's. And I guess it. that's not a problem, but it's certainly depressing. I mean, I guess it could lead to. Um, it at least you know you don't want to. Yeah, truth. The truth will set you free. I'm just saying it's hard at first when, when you just start realizing, wow, people really aren't exercising good thinking. So, Steve, you just said the truth will set you free. Is that is that something you really believe is true? Um, I don't know if you want to go down that path, but, um, I guess it depends. I guess it depends. Cause if your wife says, do I look fat in this dress? You know, I don't know if that truth will set you free. So there, would there be occasions where you would say that's not true? Yeah. Like if in Nazi Germany, if you were hiding a bunch of people in the basement and they said, are you hiding people in your basement? And you say, no, I am not. You know, I think, I think you did the right thing. By lying. So would you, would it be an honest, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but are you saying that sometimes the right thing to do is to not tell the truth? I struggle with that particular one right there. Yeah, I, I, um, I know that if, if I was hiding your family from some enemy, and I had to lie to do that. I would do it. All right? I, that's that's kind of where I come down there. Um, now, if somebody asked me afterwards, were you right? You know, if you had actually told the truth, would it have been better in the long run? I don't know. I think I'm going to stick with... Uh, there's times when you got to make a judgment call. And I guess if it means really saving people's lives, I'm probably gonna lie i guess i don't know what are so, you thinking well so twice you've you've brought it back to safety of somebody so why that one why I that one know. and not saying something to give you a better position in getting a gig Whew, yeah that's these are big questions yeah i'm 
I'm not comfortable lying to get myself a gig. It seems like, I don't know, my own personal standard. <laughs> uh, I'm mostly going to probably look at lying as a tool you really don't want to use unless you have to. And if somebody wanted to know, well, when do you think you have to? Well, that that's interesting stuff there. Yeah. I, and just so you know, I was just doing that kind of just for fun. <clears throat> that's dealing with the subject Socratically. That's all that it really, when you, when you talk about me being interested in critical or, or fallacies, I think is the way you put it. <clears throat> I tend to think of it as, as conversation and critical thinking and Socratic dialogue. It's really just about listening to the person who's speaking and not trying to lead them and asking question after question. And that's all it's about. But you have to be able to spot, in particular in your own thinking, not that I can do it because I can't most of the time. And you were kidding me about it earlier. Your own biases are the hardest to see. But if you study the actual list of fallacies, and there's hundreds, and they've been, you know, they've been being put together for years and you can start to compare one thing to another, I think that gives you a bit of an advantage, at least in not making as many mistakes as you made the year before or the day before. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would love to do, um, you know, like David Letterman used to do top 10 lists and stuff. Yeah. I kind of want to do a top 10 list of stupid stuff. I've heard people say at a dulcimer festival, <laughs> top, top 10 stupid. Now that doesn't mean I'm right about it. it. It might be the top 10 stupid things I've said while teaching a workshop. That could be uh, another good 10 list. But like, I always go back to that guy when I first met that dude, when I didn't know any dulcimer people and he saw that I had a one and a half fret, you know, this is 1993 or something. I don't even remember. 92, maybe 91. And he said, hey, uh, people are going to be excited to meet you, but you're going to need to get a dulcimer without a one and a half fret because they are not going to, They, you will actually be shunned for that. And he was serious. And I <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? He was like, no, 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 you need to get a dulcimer, you know. Well, that's a straw uh, man. It's a straw man argument he was making. If he was, if the thing you were trying to solve there was, how are you going to get people to like you? And his answer to it was that. That's maybe yeah, not but even That's just wrong. He may be right in part. Some people are turned off by that because they don't have a one and a half fret. You know, and I, I certainly have thought of that. You know, when I teach, I don't teach with a one and a half fret unless it's a one and a half class or maybe an advanced class. But I'm asking people to look at my hands a lot. You know, I'm just, just some of the stuff we hear that makes you think, you know. Like when somebody says, does this dulcimer make me look fat? You know. (laughs) And I've noticed that David Beatty dulcimers make me look fat. And that's the truth. Because they're shorter scale length. They've got that small uh, head up there with the tuners. And uh, when I see pictures of me with that instrument, I just... And then the Edy Beatty makes me look huge, you know. But a good, like, 29-inch scale length, you know, you look like a reasonable human in the photograph. I think it was Dimitri Martin who said, uh, you know, we all know someone that will say, 
Like that, this, that picture makes me look fat and no one has the guts to say, that's how you look. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah, I know. And so Steve, I'm not saying it's the dulcimer. (laughs) 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 No, I, I've definitely been, uh, I'm weighed 268 pounds right now, I think. But I'm just saying, regardless of your size, small dulcimers make you look bigger. That's interesting. I mean, I'm a pretty short guy, uh, I think. I'm like five seven and a half, according to the doctor. And um, that's not uh, too short, five seven. Yeah, and a half. That's very important. Like four <laughs> feet and below. That's short. You know. Okay. Ooh. Four feet and below. That's short. Yeah. Well, yeah. It depends if if you're talking about a North Korean, it's not four <clears throat> feet. Think so. I don't know. I'm saying stuff. <laughs> Are you I'm, saying I'm the guy about, that's you know currently running Honestly, North Korea's? I'm going to go ahead and just put it out. This is why I'm distracted. I don't like what I just said. I'm having a colonoscopy Monday. Ooh. I'm really a little afraid. I've had one of those, Sorry. I think. Oh, have you? Remember. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> What could that possibly mean? No, 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 no. I think I had a lower GI. That's different. <laughs> I've had a lower and an upper. Is that called a barium? Anyway, back to North Korea. <laughs> you know that they, they just launched a second missile over Japan. Ugh. I I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, listen. You don't? (laughs) North Korea just launched a second time. They launched a missile over Japan. I think I I read that this morning. I know. You don't want to talk about North Korea. No. No. I think we're done. (laughs) You think the podcast is over? I think think anytime we get to anything important, we should end the podcast. I think I I never would have been comfortable talking about colonoscopies if it wasn't for Katie Kirk. Colonoscopy is the safe word. Like, that's how we know to end. Hey, there's nothing wrong. Listen, there's nothing wrong with getting a colonoscopy. No, no. I've got a bunch of people in my family have had their bowels shortened, you know, because it runs in the family. So I, I don't. I I'm uh, I probably should go get one soon. But if you get a colonoscopy, I think it's really important to know that that is what you're getting. <laughs> well, sure, you don't want to get a back alley colonoscopy or something like that. <laughs> it's just I didn't sorry. shop around for the cheapest one. <laughs> That's right. good. That's good. You said I think I I think I had that. I think I had that done. Yeah, I think that's like that. What I'm told is the worst part of it is actually the day before because you have to just take a bunch of stuff because oh. they want you to be you know you see those pictures it's always really clean in there so hey i'm going That's out west it's not the next part of week. the internet that i look no you don't <laughs> no i'm trying it's to change it's not bad the in subject. black and white <laughs> 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 you might want to go wow. down that rabbit hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've heard stories i left a restaurant this morning without paying my bill really are you gonna go back yeah well, what happened was their credit card machine wasn't working, and they said, well, there's a bank down the street. We couldn't find it when the, the dude I was with had to go to work. So um, I called him, and I said I'd call him back today and pay him. So now I'm in this strange state where... Don't don't let that... I owe a guy 75 cents from 1976, and it still bothers me. 
Well, he, mm-hmm. you think he's dead? You could find his he family, is. maybe. You're I saw have to a photo. Hire Pete, a private I saw a photo. It was a it was a gas station. It was a with the old pump, old style pumps, and I overfilled it one day. And he said, "You can just come back and pay me later." And I didn't. And he was really old then. And this I is, think I feel bad. I don't, I wouldn't feel too bad about that one, but I will be paying for my uh, meal. Yeah, and listen, the- you punks, I'm going to Seattle uh, on the 20th, September 20. And then I'm going to um, San Francisco on the 26th. And I'm doing a three-day in each of those cities. I'm super excited. Nice. I've never seen San Francisco. And I just I want to see the bay and all that stuff. That's cool. I, I was just there. It's pretty awesome. Really? Yeah. Where should I eat? Oh, my God. There's so many good places to eat. Yeah, I'm looking I, I, ate, to it. I ate at a Burmese restaurant that was really amazing uh i'm struggling with what instrument to take because when i went out to oregon when you know when we did the wallawa week yeah all i took was a chromatic because whenever i go on the west coast whether i make this up my mind or not i feel more free to play a chromatic i love diatonic and chromatic i have to have both in my life for very specific reasons but I'm tempted to make this two-week trip or 10-day trip um, just with a chromatic. Because I really, this is what I'm thinking. I want to fly with one dulcimer and a backpack, and that's it. I would love to just, I I would really like to not just be taking a ton of stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. That becomes more important. Back to the colonoscopy. Well, no, you're making me think there's a, there's an article in uh, DPN this time about uh, who's in there. David David Mahler went to China with a great big Lindsay hammer dulcimer. Those you know, oh, big wow. Lindsay brands. Uh, Josh Messick was in Japan. You know, and so just a little bit about the travel. But David David took the big dulcimer, and he's talking about just how complex that was trying to get from place to place with it, and he ended up figuring out a way to put it on. Good luggage has four wheels on it, like resting it on top of that and, you know, getting on the right. mass transit stuff. <clears throat> I don't think I could do that anymore. It would just, I, they'd find me sitting on it at the end of a street somewhere, just like, somebody please help me. <laughs> so you can't get like a disposable hammer dulcimer. Well, I mean, you can get one that you intend to sell somewhere. That's true. I'm like, nervous. If you this... wanted to ship one to China, that's a big deal, I guess. Yeah. Well, get, I mean, like this. Rosetta that I'm playing, I just I'm completely in love with it. I, I, it's just fantastic, and I'm trying to figure out if I can take it to England next year. And we're worried because it's one of a kind. And yeah. you know, if I could get Sam to build another one, it'd probably take a couple of years because he doesn't actively do that. Right. So there's that. You get dependent on that. I broke a hammer yesterday, and uh, it was a set that Nick Blanton made for me that I love. And I immediately wrote him. I mean, immediately. I broke it, and I got on, and I said, just broke this hammer. This is I, These are the best hammers I've ever used. And I got a message back in half an hour that they're in Europe, and he won't be back to be able to make me another one for a while. So oh. that's stuff. Does that affect, huh? does that affect your uh, production on your CD? I can't let it, no. Oh. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but if you're going to match the mics, you got to match the hammers. <laughs> I match the surface. A change. Hey, Hammer Dulcimer players, 
you probably need to be changing the <laughs> surface on your hammers on a on a regular basis. If I mean, if you're playing changing with the, wood, the what the the felt, the felt or the leather or whatever you use, it really changes tone, and you might just be getting used to it. It may not sound as good as you thought it did, but if you're recording, you'll notice that stuff. Huh. So, I think a few weeks is probably all you get out of it, hmm. as opposed to the whole time you've owned your instrument. <laughs> I notice. I mean, my my pick sounds different than than a brand new pick. Really? Well, I've been using, but I like it. Uh, this is the exact same pick I've been using now for I think about three years. Wow. Yeah. On one trip, I I put it? picks yep. in a cooler with ice because I was testing to see if they sound better when they're cold. <laughs> and the Hardums are a little stiffer when they're cold, but yeah. I, you know, that's no way to live. No, no I've noticed that. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, when have you, know you had your picks be cold? Well, I've, I've had them. I know what they feel like when they warm up. Oh, we yeah, really yeah, kind of yeah. have just, this is just like, we're just having a conversation about. Oh, yeah, weird. <laughs> this is a podcast. We, uh, I don't know that we're. Let's, let's say goodbye. Not a, No God. one in this room is really good at saying goodbye. I know, but listen, it's okay to have a conversation. I don't even care that this is a podcast. This is Dan and Aaron and Steve, and that's the deal. Now, the more we think about it being a podcast, the less I want to do it. Yeah. But um, having said that, ladies and gentlemen, thanks. You've been listening to the Dulcimer Folk Podcast with Steve, Geek. Dan, Dulcimer and Aaron. Geek. Oh, shoot. I did it wrong. Did Again. I do it right at the beginning of the show? It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Did he? Hey, folks, you've been listening to the Dulcimer Geek Podcast with Steve, Dan, and Aaron. We wish you a very merry September. That's terrible. That was beautiful. That was great. I have a tear in my eye. That was the best outro. Cut it right after Aaron said that. (laughs) Or cut it 20 minutes ago. Goodbye. Goodbye, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> You're gone. No, wait, you might still be.